You are listening to the Cowboy Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Sharp, and today I am joined once again by FFA Chapter Advisor and Shop Teacher, Chad Waldron. How are you guys doing today? Uh, we're getting a little better at this. I know our sound quality was a little bit rough last week, but we figured it out, and we're going to blame Nate, Nick Shumway for pushing <laughs> buttons and switching wires on us, but I think we're getting it, getting a little better every week at yeah. least. And fellow FFA once again, who is now basically a co-host of the show, and that is Clayton Cooper. Yeah, uh, how's it going? We also figured out how to take a phone call. It was just one little knob, so now we got that figured out. Yep, and today sitting in off to the side waiting to be interviewed is Cameron Sal- Salvatelli. Did I say that right? That's right, yep. Okay, who is the forestry and shop teacher over at Lapine High School, so we will get to an interview with him later. So, Clayton, you want to introduce us to our first topic? Yeah, uh, our first topic will be over district convention. We'll go over the results. Um, we'll talk about a little about Justin's speech and uh, the cornhole dilemma. Yeah. So starting with the results, Mr. Waldron, how do you think we did over the weekend? I was very pleased. I thought we had a very good showing. I, no one had to walk home from the contest, which is a good thing. So everybody uh, did good enough that they were able to get back on the bus and come home. Yeah, so looking here at the list, we got one, two, three, four, five, six. We got eight banners, which was pretty good for us at the books contest. That's probably as good as we've ever done. Yeah, so uh, in beginning Parley Pro, we got second place. That's a six-man team, so I'm not going to go through the names, but it was all freshmen, right? Yep. Yep. And then for beginning speaking, we got a red banner for second place. Uh, Hannah Mayalua got that, which was pretty good because, you know, if you know her, she's pretty quiet, but... She, I guess I guess she gave a great speech. I didn't get to listen to it. I'm not sure I've heard her say 20 words in class until she did the speech, yeah. so I'm really proud of her. Yep. And then over at the job interview contest, Craig Puckett got third place. Um, he'd been practicing for that for a while. He said they offered him the job on the spot, so good job, Craig. Yeah. And then Dalton Puckett with advanced portfolio actually won the contest for Alma Blue Banner, so that was, was pretty good. Yep. He did that he last will, year. And he'll be uh, going to state in that event, yep. state convention. Uh, and then for beginning portfolio, we got a white banner at third with Joel Harders, so he did good there. And then I got third place for advanced speaking, and we overall we got uh, fourth place for advanced Partly Pro, too. Yeah, sounds right. Yep, and that Partly Pro was also a six-man team of uh, sophomores, juniors, and seniors. Yeah, so it was a pretty good event. Um, Clayton, how do you think it went? Did you do uh, it, went, it went good. Yeah. Uh, co-op quiz didn't go as I had planned. Oh, but, that was uh, the other one. Kaya Watson got third place in co-op. Oh, quiz. that's right. Got to put that one down. Yep. So that means we got nine banners. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty good for us. Not at a books contest. Nine banners is. Yeah, we're usually more like a hands-on ag chapter than we are books. So that's pretty good. For yeah, us. this certainly is not our forte. I, I think <laughs> you guys did good for for what we do here and and how we prepared. So yeah. good job. I have, like I say, I was very pleased with the way the uh, contest, the convention turned out. I think our Parley Pro team, uh, I think we're all just a little disappointed on the results, but I mean. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think for how little we practiced altogether, we did pretty good. For our first. Because it, it was really hard to get practice. That was our first time all together yeah, was at the contest, so. Yeah. Well, and those topics are hard. We're, you're talking about some very serious and in-depth ag topics which are tough to do, so I, I have no problem with it. It also, you know, probably didn't help us any that Lance forgot to bring his white shirt. <laughs> yeah, we were missing OD, yeah. But, you know, better, we'll have better luck next year, hopefully. Yeah. So what's our next topic there, Clayton? Uh, the next topic Well, hey, be- before we do that, I was, uh, I was very curious. You took third in your speech, which actually is very, very good for this district because you're going up against speakers who are going to be going running for state, for state office, office yeah. uh, people who spend – 
you know, the entire year doing speaking, actually have coaches, professional coaches come in and help them with speaking. I thought you did good with the speech, and I actually thought it might be something that I'd like to maybe just do a brief summary of what you talked about, Justin, because I thought it was a pretty viable and interesting topic. Yeah, so I did a about a seven and a half minute speech on how agriculture is going to be affected by climate change in multiple ways, not just actual change in climate, but with the regulations to combat climate change. And it, like I said, it was about seven and a half minutes and it kind of did a, a complete breakdown. I had some real world examples of how uh, farmers and ranchers are going to be affected and how companies that are, aren't even ag related, but provide goods and services to agriculture, how they're going to be affected. So yeah, Clayton actually got to watch me present yeah, it to the judges. How do you think I, did? I sat in on his speech and I thought he did a terrific job. Um, I, I, I don't think there's anything he could have done a little better. I mean. The one judge was a little yeah. harsh on him, but I think I think he did great. Yeah, so I'm looking at the scorecards here, and there was two judges, uh, one male, one female, and they're both from the Central Oregon area, so they kind of had a little bit of knowledge about um, like just questions and stuff that they asked me at the end how Central Oregon would be affected by the topic. So one judge knocked off 115 points out of the uh, out of the 800 possible. And the other judge only knocked off 20. So there was definitely a little bit of polarized right. judging going on there. Right, yeah. So you lost 20 points total and you still only took third place, which yeah. is, shows you how high or how good the competition yeah. is. Hey, one thing I had a question, because I heard your speech many times, and I know we're talking about the, uh, you know, what's going on with us. It relates to cap and trade. What is happening, Justin, because I know that was part of the questions they asked you. What's going on in Oregon with cap and trade at this point? Uh, it's still being talked about uh, legislatively right now it's not alive like it was about a year ago when we had the big protest where the republican senators walked out um, but right now basically it's just kind of a, a pretty huge debate in the capitol right now because you have kate brown who wants it done no matter what and then you have basically every republican in the legislature who doesn't want it done because it's going to impact rural americans so much Right, which is where most of the Republican senators and are reps from. are coming yeah, from. Exactly. Uh, did, so did they do the uh, the uh, semi protest or not the the truck protest? Did that go through in Salem like they did last year? Yeah, I actually saw there's a lot of stuff on social media. Actually, one of our past FFA members, Conley Kittredge, was there with this semi truck. Oh, I'm sure he loved that. Yeah, yeah, they had. I I never heard a number, but I bet it was upwards of 100 semi-trucks and tractors and all kinds of heavy equipment driving around Salem to protest. Right. They, I guess the idea was they were going to jam up downtown, make it so traffic was stopped and make sure everybody was aware of the issue, which I think is a pretty good plan. Yeah. Well, I can tell you, boys, the uh, I know that, you know, the Republican senators walked out last year and and they said cap and trade was over, but cap and trade is not over, oh, and no, it's no not way. going away. It's no, not, if, it's, if not in the next five years, definitely in the next ten years, it's probably either going to be actually passed or it's going to be and, in the and, House again, yeah, or the Senate. Yeah, yep. And but, uh, at the district convention, we were uh, very disappointed about the cornhole dilemma. We did not have uh, any time for one thing, but then what what happened there, Mr. Waldron? You you had a little more info about that. Well, they changed the location, and so then they didn't let us set up the tournament the way we needed yeah. to. Didn't have enough space. And then when the uh, when Mr. Papke and I went out to challenge the students, they wouldn't play us because they were they were worried that we would beat them so badly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, me and Dalton weren't around, me that. and Dalton weren't around, so uh, yeah. they weren't looking for us hard enough. I yeah. guess. So we led this whole thing up, and it didn't end up happening. But hopefully next year it will, and we can get some news on that. Yeah. Yeah. So our next topic is uh, just some general sporting events and school news that's going on. So tonight, 
for high school basketball is senior night. They're going against Trinity, which is actually, I think they're the first in the district, right? Uh, Trin first. Trinity is ranked second in the league right now. Okay, so this is a game that both teams have to win if they want to make it to a, a district playoff, right? Uh, they're actually, I I think both of them are kind of locked in a playoff spot. Oh, right I now. think okay. they're just playing for seeding right they're, now. Right, okay. They are, yeah, right. Okay, so yep, uh, senior night tonight, so if you want to check that out, come and watch the seniors get their awards and everything. Do we know what time that game starts? I believe Four five. and six. Four and six, okay. Girls first or boys first? Girls first. Okay, and then this weekend, this is actually a pretty big one for us because we usually don't get to hold district tournaments or anything like that. We have district wrestling, uh, which is two days, Friday and Saturday. And during that, there's going to be a lot of fundraisers for the junior class because they're the ones who do all the fundraising for prom this spring. Yep. And we actually have a joint prom this year, which should Wait, be fun. Yeah, a county-wide prom, I think. Isn't it us, Paisley, and Lakeview? Yep. yep. We're all going down to Lakeview, so that'll be fun. On that is May 2nd, I believe, is the date for a prom. Yep. I think so, yeah. Yep, so come and support not only all the sporting events that are going on this week, but also the juniors in that effort. Yep. And don't forget that after wrestling, we have the uh, winter dance slash social from 10, uh, 8.30 to, or from 8 to 10.30. Oh, yeah, and right. dress warm, because we're gonna be out in out front, outside with, uh, we'll have propane fire pits and hot chocolate and music. So come join the, uh, and the that's, student body. That's Friday the 5th, or Saturday the 15th, right? Yes. Okay. And those wrestling times, we start wrestling at 3 p.m. on Friday and then 11 a.m. on Saturday for the district wrestling tournament. Okay. So now we want to go ahead and get into our interview. <clears throat> All right. So your name is really hard. I'm really sorry. So Mr. Salv Salvatelli. Yeah, it's Salvatelli, yep. Okay, so do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Sure, yeah. So I'm Cameron Savatelli. Um, I'm out of Lapine, Oregon, just up the road from here at the high school. Um, this is my second year teaching, um, and I graduated from Oregon State University with a degree in wood science engineering and forest management. Go Beavers! Go Beavers! <laughs> and uh, jumped on over to Lapine um, and kind of started in the forestry department. And then I helped actually build, alongside of grant process, the uh, shop programs there. So we have oh, nice. a, uh, a wood shop, metal shop program as well. And I kind of run the gamut there with forestry. Um, we actually have a club similar to FFA or a chapter um, similar to FFA called Future Natural Resource Leaders that we got that going. And then we have um, wood shop, metal shop, and then we're working on a building construction. Nice. So... Yeah, doing it all, and it's been a lot of fun, and okay. I love this area. So so we actually don't have a forestry class here, a dedicated one. So what kind of things do you do in forestry? So really, um, I guess the future natural resource leaders um, was pretty much copied from the FFA model. A lot of what we do chapter-wise, statewide, um, competition-wise is essentially what you guys do. Um, in FFA, as far as the same core values, beliefs, whatever, and structures um, we just do it based around natural resources and forestry so essentially focusing more on um, using natural resources um, managing natural resources for future generations and then also old-school and traditional harvesting techniques nice. and methods and, and things of that sort is so. that a nationwide organization like FFA correct yeah Okay. so I think when we went to Washington DC uh, last summer uh, I was in 
the same hallway as some kids from New York, and I actually think that might be what they were talking about because they were really big into forestry clubs too there. Yeah, and and forestry, I mean, we really have a, a, a beautiful state here where we have some amazing forestry and then we have some amazing agriculture as well. And it's really cool that we kind of get to jump into that that structure that FFA has had and and been, I guess, really dominant in um, as far as teaching kids what how growing up should be and, and yeah. the values of education in um, the industry. Um, it's fun to join that model and, and doing it in a way where we're out in the woods and and uh, learning about trees and teaching kids skills. So. Yeah, I think it's telling that we actually are bringing back forestry because for the last 20, 30, 40 years, forestry was uh, on the way out, but the state has finally realized they've got to put some money back into CTE and forestry in these programs. So I'm really happy to see Lapine back with the forestry program. Yeah. No, that's, yeah, that's super true. I'm, I think that we've had a red mark on our ledger for a long time of hey forestry's got a bad name bad perception whatever else and uh, we've faced theologists and all those folks who tell us we can't do it but then we depend on it every day so um, it's important to get it back into education as well yeah so uh, how many kids do you have in your program Uh, we currently um, so are you talking about in the school program or like the FNRL chapter so the FNRL chapter we have uh, 15 kids as active members and then, for example, in the manufacturing program, uh, on a daily basis, I see about a hundred and about a hundred kids every day. Nice. So, nice. you guys do a lot of well. You've been here all basically all day, right? Yep, all yeah. day. So, do you guys do a lot of similar stuff in your shop classes to what do we do? Basically? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we get through the kids through. One thing I am jealous of is you guys get to start seventh and eighth grade, which is yeah. a super unique opportunity. Um, and so. My kids, as freshmen, kind of have to go through the intro process. But much like you guys, once you get to your upperclassmen years, you're doing a lot of project-based, independent, kind of specialized work, trying to bring money back to the program, but also give back to the community. Yeah. And, Mr. Waldron, that was kind of a neat part about our uh, ag structures classes. When they get going, aren't they going to actually be able to build houses and sell them? That's the idea is that they will be building small houses and sheds and selling those and then funding the program through the proceeds of those sales. Yeah, which is actually a really cool idea for education, how it's kind of self-sustainable. Yeah, it's it's a great idea, and I I can't wait to see it happen. And talk about a good way to go to high school. Spend your whole day out in the shop. For sure. Yeah. So you said you went to OSU. We actually had another uh, past FFA member from here went to OSU. Did you like OSU as a school? Or? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, as far as the College of Forestry, and, and obviously I was pretty involved with the College of Ag. I had a lot of buddies in ag business um, and the ag fraternity as well. And uh, the College of Forestry is actually ranked number one in the nation, number oh, wow. two in the world. Um, and so you're working with the best of the best. You have amazing funding opportunities, scholarship op- opportunities, and uh, honestly, traveling and working opportunities as well, as we're so connected. And that's really what it's all about, is going to a school and getting connected with the right people, yeah. um, getting to experience different um, cultures and, and things within you know, the agriculture or the forestry field. And yeah, I value that immensely. Yeah. So uh, Cameron, were you in AGR then? Did you say you were part of the ag fraternity? Because <laughs> uh, I was not, but I, I know about it. <laughs> No, so actually, I, I was not part of uh, AGR, and in fact, while I was there, they actually got shut down, unfortunately. Is that the one that, yeah, I so, think I heard about that. Yeah, there was some uh, interesting 
accusations and whatnot. Anyways, um, <laughs> no, I was not involved in Greek life yeah. by any means. So <laughs> do we need to cut this part of the, the interview out? <laughs> okay. yeah. uh, no, but I, I was part of a couple other outside extracurricular deals, and one of them was the Forest Utilization Society, which is basically um, focuses on new innovations and in, in technology to make um, taking trees and turning them into timbers for houses and buildings or whatever else uh, sustainable as, as we kind of enter that climate change, you know, renewable resources battle. Nice. So were you in FFA at all in high school? I was not. Where, I, where did you go to high school at? I went to high school, uh, so I lived outside of uh, Boring, Oregon, grew up near Estacada, um, and then I went to high school uh, in the city. I drove about 35 minutes to high school every day to San Barlow High School, so 6A school. Oh, wow. I had about 1,800 kids at the school. Did when they I went have there. an FFA program? Um, we there? actually did not, oh, and wow. I'm, I'm shocked we didn't because we were kind of on the uh, the rural Port. outskirts of Portland, and there was tons of agriculture around us, and uh, huh. it was predominantly an agricultural area um, until it kind of got developed more. Um, but, no, it was much more of an industrial focus. So, yeah. And then I also went to school – um, in the peak time of budget cuts, and so um, <laughs> we lost fun. all of our shop programs. Oh no! Um, I think we had one wood shop class and then one metal shop class, um, but those teachers kind of moved on after that, and and so that was hard to deal with as well, is because I was kind of preached at, hey, four-year university, four-year university, you know, go to college, go to college, go to college. And now I'm trying to come back and say, hey, this is not the only option. The you know, you got to educate kids in the right way and give them a variety of ways they, they can continue on in their futures. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's all about, I mean, for me now, I'm 100% advocate of, you know, the trade schools, getting kids ready for careers right out of high school, um, getting you guys getting you guys actual skills that you can apply in yeah. your, your everyday life. So wasn't it when we went to Blue Mountain, Mr. Waldron, after State Soils, weren't they saying that, a lot of their kids went tried to go through their trade programs and only got about halfway through before people just came and hired them because yeah. they were in such a high demand. Yeah. yeah, and so and even ten years ago, trade school, vocational ed, CTE, it was it was almost dead in the state of Oregon. Mm -hmm. So it's only been recently that they have brought back these programs and that uh, you know career tech ed is flourishing because of that because they don't have workers. So yeah. you get a student that like Blue Mountain, these students would go to in the program and they would get recruited before they even got their certificate or their degree because there's just so few skilled workers. Yeah. Which is it's good to see Oregon's figured it out. Now it's 10 20 years behind behind <laughs> but at least they figured it out and they're bringing back these programs and getting students trained, getting people trained ready for the workforce yeah i think um you guys know what micro is the dirty jobs yeah right? yes. yeah he's a big advocate for ct and all that and i think he one of the statistics that he likes to say is i think there's like seven million jobs in the united states that are unfilled because kids go to four-year schools instead of getting vocational education where they can go straight into a career yeah and, and when i was trying to get a, a job out of out of college actually i was looking in the forest products industry and i mean you had the pick I was a kid that worked hard. I'd been growing up around, uh, you know, skilled labor. My dad's, you know, a manufacturing engineer. I started my whole work career in, in kind of a machinist apprenticeship at Boeing up in Portland. And so I, I've been around that environment. I know how to put my head down and work. And and that goes so far these days because it's so hard to find kids that are like that. Yeah. That, I mean, you have the run of the mill when it comes to getting hired as long as you work for it and yeah. as long as you want to show up and be there on time and, and do the little things that, you know, a lot of us 
don't think about, you know, they're easy, right? But Show up on time. <laughs> yeah. It's becoming well, more difficult. Well, you've heard me preach it many times. <laughs> Top three reasons people get fired. They don't show up to work. They show up late, show up intoxicated. Yep. So if you can do those three things, you're going to have a job. Show yep. up on time. Well, you got to show up first, show up on time, show up sober. And, yep. and there's, it's hard to find good employees, especially when you have such a good economy like we have right now. There's a lot of jobs yeah. for people who want to, to work. Yeah. Take advantage of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, do you have aspirations of the FFA chapter? Is the forestry one you got going now pretty intensive? So we're kind of uh, we're on the fence because we have, I mean, we have kind of the back, the Deschutes National Forest in our backyard. We have a little more forestry over there. Forestry is my background. I didn't grow up in an FFA program as much as I wish I would have. Looking back, yeah. um, and so I'm going to run with the FNRL structure and and try to emulate um, the values and kind of. Um, the skills and, and things you guys take away from the FFA side of things. Um, but I would love to grow our, our program into almost doing both if we could at the same school because we truly have the best of both worlds as well. We have a backyard full of natural resources, but we also have an economy that uh, that values agriculture a lot yeah. too. So, Well, when and if you're ready, I'm sure Central Oregon District would be happy to have you. Yeah, I know, I know the guys up at, uh, uh, oh shoot, Mountain View. Yep. Hapke and uh, those I've talked to them the natural resource program they have up there and so um, yeah I, we're getting we're trying to get all on the same boat we're trying to get the district on board with us and being in La Pine, it, it you know we got to work with the uh, the bigger area up north yeah. and so sometimes that takes a little more time yeah. well we're glad to have you on the podcast so thanks a lot for having me guys I think this podcast is something that is super special and unique I love the idea, and I hope you guys don't mind. I'm going to pitch it at our school and see if we can get one going for yes, our little town as well. Do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you pitch this to uh, Mrs. Brooke Rice because we got Perkins money to buy all this equipment. So, <laughs> so let her know what we're doing, and maybe it. she will get you some Perkins funds to yeah. get your own setup. Copy that. <laughs> yeah. But. Uh, thanks, Brooke. We appreciate it, and we're going to put it to good use. Thanks, yeah. Brooke. So we're sitting right at about. 22 and a half minutes. We're so that's running into time. I bet we could go for an hour on this if we wanted to, but sadly uh, we can't. Yeah, it's too bad there. So thanks for listening to the Cowboy Talk podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Justin Sharp, joined by Chad Walder and Clayton Cooper. Uh, thanks to Cameron Salvatelli for coming in and talking on the podcast. Uh, you can find the podcast on Podbean at thecowboytalk.podbean.com, on Facebook at the North Lake FFA Facebook page, and soon to be on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you next week. See you guys later. Yep, bye.